Hello and welcome to Peace, the podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Peace, a United Methodist community in Shoreview, Minnesota. I'm Jason Steffenhagen, the lead pastor. And each episode will typically start with a sacred story reading coming from the Holy Scriptures, followed by the message that was given during our Sunday morning worship time. Any announcements for our community will come at the end of each episode, so stick around. If you are curious about learning more about Peace United Methodist Community, you can go to peaceumc.com. Again, that's peaceumc.com. If you would like to find more episodes, you can find them on our website or go to our show page, which is peacethepodcast.podbean.com. Once again, that's peacethepodcast.podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, We hope that you enjoy this episode. Please like, rate, review, subscribe. And now, on to the Sacred Story reading. All right, let's dive into a Sacred Scripture reading. And as has been the pattern for this series where we're exploring the Lord's Prayer, We're going to focus on a couple of passages outside of Matthew chapter 6, and the first one comes from the Hebrew Scriptures, the book of Exodus chapter 16. Now, this is coming at a time when the people of Israel have just left Egypt. They've been in the wilderness for about a month or so, and they are hungry. And so this is what they say to Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Now think about that. These are people that were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. They finally get liberation. They've been away from Egypt for about a month. And now they are so hungry that they wish that God, that the Lord, the living presence had killed them in Egypt. Why? Because when we sat by the pots of meat and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them, whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. The second passage that I want to read comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, 1 through 4. And we're going to touch on these passages uh, later in this message. We're going to circle back to them. So, Matthew, chapter 4, 1 through 4. And then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, if you didn't know already, we are focusing on the phrase, give us this day our daily bread. And before we dive into that, let me just remind us of where we've been in this series that we're calling The Prayer, where we're diving into the Lord's Prayer and nuancing what it could mean for us as we kind of expand it out into its 
pieces and its parts. And so, so far, we've covered kind of the first half of the prayer. And the way that we've put it is this. To the one in whom we belong and who makes us family, the source and divine parent who runs the house from a posture of wholeness and shalom. May your distinguishable character and your actions infused with justice and mercy be made known through those in your family. Reveal and bring your way and your order. May it happen as we co-create with you so this place reflects wholeness and shalom. These first three phrases, this first half of the prayer, is kind of like setting up for what comes next. So imagine that you're watching a good movie. You all know how much I like movies, you Matt. You know how much I like the Oscars, and you know how much I get into this season of movie watching. So this kind of reminds me of the beginning part of a movie where we're kind of getting the stakes. We're getting the lay of the land. We're getting a little world building. We're getting an understanding of where we're at so that we know where the story is about to go. And that's kind of what these first few verses are all about. They are reorienting us to the way of God. They are giving us the landscape of how things are supposed to be, who's in charge, where it's headed, what this God is all about. So this source, this father, this mother, this divine parent is in charge. It's ordering the house. And God is the one who is doing it from a place of wholeness and shalom, this idea of heaven. And there is a holiness, there's a set-apart, a distinguishableness to all of this. And we're invited into that, to be co-creators, to have this name as we also are part of the family. And the trajectory that we're on is not one of escape where we're going to heaven, but it's the idea of bringing heaven to earth, on earth as it is in heaven. May it come here, in this place. May we see that way, that order, that shalom, that wholeness come. And so now that we've got the lay of the land, now that we've got the world building done, we need to know what's next. How do we go about doing the work that we're called to do? How do we go about building this kingdom on earth as it is in heaven? How do we go about bringing this way of of wholeness and shalom into this place? That's where we get into the next three phrases of the Lord's Prayer. And the first one is, give us this day our daily bread. Before we get any further into this, I just want to remind us of the pronouns that are used here. These are not singular pronouns. I think so often when I have fixated on the Lord's Prayer, thought about the Lord's Prayer, prayed the Lord's Prayer, it usually in my mind comes across as a singular, like, I need my bread for today. Like, I want my bread. And it's, it's this singular focus. But this is an us and an our. This isn't about me or my or I. This is an us and an our. This is a we. There's a collective communal understanding of what's going on here. I mean, I tend to think of this prayer sometimes, at least this part of it, this give us this day our daily bread. Because I'm a 42-year-old pastor in America, white male with all the privilege that comes with those things, I tend to hear this phrase kind of like a kid who's just hungry and is demanding that their parents make them a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, give me my bread for the day. Like, give me my bread. 
And it comes across a little petulant, it comes across a little whiny, a little complainy. And that's how I've always heard this, because the position that I am in is not one where I have food scarcity. I don't live daily as if I'm not going to eat. But the thing about this prayer is it's not meant to be simply about me and my circumstance. It's meant to be about all of us. And the thing about all of us is that there are people who do need their daily bread. There are people who don't have it. And when Jesus was walking the planet, when he was operating in the first century, there were people who didn't know where their daily bread was going to come from. Now, before I go any further, I just want to make a note here. This is not going to be an easy thing to listen to. This isn't the easy part of the Lord's Prayer. This isn't the happy part. This isn't the easy, simple, like, I got it, thank you, this is amazing, like, encouraging, inspiring. This part is the gut punch. This part is hard. And it's, it's, it's hard because when you are in a privileged position, when you are in a place where you have enough, where you're in a place where you have resources at your disposal, hearing this phrase, give us this day our daily bread, it should actually make us uncomfortable. And here's why. This word give is not a polite term. This isn't like a, hey, if you have some, or if you don't mind, I could really use, or hey, may I please have another, sir? This is not a polite term. This is a demand. This is a command. This is a, if I don't get this, I don't know if I'm going to make it. So give me the bread. Give me the bread. And because this is a communal prayer, and because this is a demand, instead of simply looking at it, like I'm praying to God alone in my basement or alone at my table, instead of thinking of this as an individualistic prayer where I'm praying north and south vertically up to God, there's a different way that we could maybe orient this prayer. My friend Lisa, when we were talking about this one day, she talked about how this is a communal prayer and we have to imagine that we're sitting at a table with people from all different socioeconomic backgrounds, people from all across the political spectrum, all across the, the, the spectrum of humanity, that we are all sitting around the table and that there are some of us who have plenty of food in front of us and that there might be some who don't have any in front of us. And so when we hear this demand, this give us our daily bread, maybe the request isn't vertical simply. Maybe it's not simply a vertical request. Maybe it's also a horizontal request. Maybe it's looking around the table of God and saying, you have enough. Now give me some. Give me my daily bread. I don't know about you, but I can get a little uncomfortable thinking about it that way. I can get a little uncomfortable thinking about making eye contact with someone with an empty plate while my plate is full. I can get a little uncomfortable about this being a horizontal prayer and not simply a vertical prayer. Because this prayer is communal. This prayer is about all of us. This prayer is about being a part of a family. This prayer is about what does it mean to be a part of this kingdom? What does it mean to bring this kingdom on earth as it is heaven? What does it mean to reshape what it means to be human as a collective community? What does it mean that we are in this together? 
it means that some of us have bread and some don't. And as we've talked about in this series before, sometimes we have to become answers to our own prayers. And so maybe the answer doesn't lie with God showing up and miraculously delivering bread, but maybe it's a question about giving enough bread away because there is enough bread. Here's the thing about this idea of bread and why I think this word is so important in this prayer. The word that's used for bread is interesting. And I know some of you are like, why is the word bread an interesting word? It just means bread. We all know what bread is. Well, here's the interesting part about this. When Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, we instantly have a picture in our mind of when was bread significant in the life of Israel. And we read it earlier in the opening. We read it in the opening when when, when the people of Israel were in the wilderness and they were starving to death after they left Egypt and they called upon Moses and Aaron to do something. Like, how could you possibly lead us out into the wilderness to die from hunger? And what does God do? God shows up with bread, daily bread, enough for each day, twice on, on on the day before the Sabbath, so that the people had enough for the next day so that they could take a break, so we could institute the Sabbath, we could have some rest. There's a rhythm to life that we're meant to live by, and daily bread is part of that rhythm, that we're meant to have our daily bread. So we can see that when someone hears this prayer and hears about daily bread, they're instantly transported back to a time in which God shows up and delivers the bread. But here's the thing, that word bread, as I said, it's not the same word that would have been translated for manna. What we see in the book of Exodus chapter 16, Jesus doesn't use the word manna. Jesus could have. Jesus could have used that same word, but instead, Jesus uses the more common word for bread. Now, that might seem insignificant, and maybe it is. Maybe it's just insignificant Jesus using the most culturally appropriate term for bread. Maybe that's all it is. But as my friend Stephanie pointed out when we were talking about this, what if by using the more common word for bread, the kind that has yeast, the kind that needs time to be kneaded, the the, the type of bread that takes effort, the type of bread that we have to watch to see if it rises and when it's ready, the type of bread that requires us to participate in its baking, maybe Jesus uses that term? Because Jesus is trying to move the people away from pure dependence on God, but also the necessity to work with God. That yes, God is the one who causes the plants to grow and and causes the seasons to change and the harvest to come. And yes, God is the one who brings the rain and that we can trust that God is going to prepare the earth to bring forth enough food, but that it requires us to do something with those things. It requires us to knead the dough, to, to put in the yeast, to watch it rise, to pull it out on time, that it requires us to participate that this bread is a requirement for life, but it's a co-creation. It's God doing something and it's us doing something. So that when we say, give us this day our daily bread, we're not just asking God for a miracle. We're saying, let's put forth the effort collectively to make sure that the bread gets everywhere it should be. Let's make sure there is enough. And that's where this concept of daily bread becomes so important. 
Because the thing about bread being daily is that it's a promise that there is enough, that there should be enough for every day. And there is. We know that the world produces enough food. And the question isn't, is there going to be enough food in the world? The questions, is the distribution of the food going to get everywhere it needs to? Or are we going to have a table where only part of the table has all the food and we're unwilling to distribute it to the rest? Are you uncomfortable yet? This prayer is challenging to our comfort levels. And that's why this idea of daily bread is also a warning about power. Because bread can be used for power. It can be hoarded and it can be used to keep people as less than, to keep people longing for more. It can be used to manipulate people into doing things because if I have the bread, then you are beholden to me. Bread is a warning about power. If you have too much bread, there's power there. And we all know this to be the case. We all know that having more than our share of what's required to live creates an imbalance and it creates power. Because what could bread be in our culture today? Could it be technology? Could it be data? Could it be information? Could it be access to global markets? Maybe some communities have access to create generational wealth and some communities will never get that access because the powers that be don't allow them to. So maybe this is about food and it's about hunger and it's about food scarcity. And maybe it is about the, the, the basics of life, shelter and clothing. But maybe this is also about something more than just simply bread. Maybe it's about the ability to function in our world today. There's enough to go around, and it's a warning about power. When I was working in Tennessee, I was helping with chapel settings, and we would work with speakers and talk to them, and I got to know a bunch of the different pastors, and there was this one pastor that I got to know, and this pastor had an interesting habit. This pastor had a habit of praying with his eyes open. Now, I don't know how I figured this out. I think one time that this person was praying and they said something that I thought was a little bit different. And so I might open my eyes just to look to see if anybody else thought it was different. And when I did that, I happened to make eye contact with the pastor because the pastor is standing on stage and their eyes are wide open. And I've never seen anyone pray with their eyes open. And so I asked afterwards, why do you pray with your eyes open? And the pastor's like, I don't want to get caught off guard. And I was like, caught off guard? I don't understand. And, and and I never really got a straight answer. Like, what do you mean caught off guard? Like, who? how, how do you get caught off guard while praying? Like, what's going to happen? You know, I, I just never understood the idea of being caught off guard with what may happen while your eyes are closed when you're praying. Because I've always just prayed with my eyes closed. And I've, I've, I've normally seen people pray with their eyes closed, especially when they're in church. But this person prayed with their eyes open. Here's the thing. What would it be like for us to pray this prayer with our eyes open? What would it be like for us to imagine that we're sitting around a table and we all are taking a moment to recite the Lord's Prayer, but instead of praying with our eyes closed and our heads bowed with the food in front of us heaping over our plates, what if we prayed it with our eyes open? What if our eyes were open and we prayed this prayer? Now, here's the temptation. The temptation is that we would be drawn to the plates that are even bigger than ours. The temptation is that we would find a plate that's got steak and potatoes and it's got just mountains of dessert and ice cream and it's, you know, somebody brought in fogo de chow and somebody brought in, you know, the best 
cake from Taste of Scandinavia, and their plate is like 10 plates full, and they are overflowing. And it would be so easy that when we pray this prayer with our eyes open, that when we say, give us this day our daily bread, we look at the person whose plate is even fuller than ours, and we say, man, if anybody doesn't need to pray this today, it's that person. It's so easy to always look up. It's so easy to always look at the person who has more. But that's not the direction we need to be looking. We need to be looking at ourselves, and we need to be looking at the rest of the table. Because the question about bread is not, do I have enough on my plate to keep up with the others that have an immense mountain of food? The question is, do I have enough? And where can I find a way to give it away to others? How can I make sure that there is enough? Because people are praying, give us this day our daily bread. I love this phrase from the happy givers. If you are more fortunate than others, build a longer table, not a taller fence. May we be people who learn to distribute the bread. May we be people who don't use the resources that are necessities of life as power over others. May we be people who pray with our eyes open so that we can see, we can see our siblings, we can see those in our community, so that we can see those who are part of us, who are in need. To the one in whom we belong and who makes us family, the source and divine parent who runs the house from a posture of wholeness and shalom, may your distinguishable character and your actions infused with justice and mercy be made known through those in your family. Reveal and bring your way and your order. May it happen as we co-create with you so this place reflects wholeness and shalom. Give us what we need for each day. There is enough. Let us not use the necessities for life as a way to gain power over others. May we pray with our eyes open. May we trust there is enough. And may we see one another so that we can be a part of this dynamic kingdom. In the name of grace, in the name of love, in the name of peace we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Peace, the podcast. If you would like to learn more about our community, go to peaceumc.com. Again, that's peaceumc.com. For more episodes of this podcast, you can go to our website or go to the show page, peacethepodcast.podbean.com. Again, peacethepodcast.podbean.com. May you experience the love of God and may you have peace.